produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't, cannot produce bad fruit. Let me repeat that. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree, a bad tree can't, can't, cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Now listen to what fruit is. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I know that you're speaking to us this afternoon, whether it be 10 of us here or 100, Lord. We need to hear your word, God. And so just use me. Open up the hearts and the minds, Lord, and let us receive from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, first of all, we are all trees. Amen. Jesus is comparing us to trees. He's particularly talking about leadership in church, about pastors, and he uses false prophets in this case. And uh, the reason he's doing that is because of the time that he was living in, uh, often many prophets would rise up and, and create a following for themselves, and then uh, it would just go away, and a lot of people would be, you know, just confused, and that would happen quite often here. Uh, another thing that would happen is that there was these religious leaders at that time. They were called the Pharisees, and uh, Jesus is addressing some of that in here. But for us to take, uh, you know, to take from this, we have to understand that he's just not talking about leadership, but he's talking about fruit, good fruit or bad fruit. And all of us here produce fruit. The question is, is whether we're producing good or, or, or bad fruit. And I believe we're producing good fruit because we're, we've been made good trees by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, fruit, once again, is, is as the verse says it here at the end, verse 20, it says, uh, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So we know what fruit is. Fruits are the actions and behavior of people. Of any one person, you, uh, someone sitting next to you, those are the fruits in this case. It's not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It's talking about actions and behaviors. This is what Jesus is saying in context here. Um, and only Jesus can make you a good tree. Amen? You can't make yourself a good tree, no matter how hard you try and how, how you know, strong you are. Uh, you cannot, no one cannot make yourself a good tree. Your actions, those behaviors, those are the fruits, and those are an attribute of you being a good tree or a bad tree. Amen? I'm going somewhere with this. Good behavior does not come first. Often, we want people to change their fruit without changing the roots. So we, we look at people and we tell them, you, you know, we might say someone's fruits and actions and behaviors are not good, but we are not God, so we can't see their roots. And that's what God is interested in in this case. Amen? Uh, we want people to change their fruit. Uh, and, and almost, we put this pressure in church, you know, not, not particularly here. I'm just saying church as a whole. 
We put this pressure on people to change their behavior and their actions when their roots haven't changed. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. So people, what happens is they, they start to fake it, right? And then because they're faking it, eventually things come out from their roots and, and you see their actions and their true actions and their true behaviors because of what was deep in them already. Amen. So, but we don't want that here at Grace and Love Church. We want you to be honest and sincere. We want you to go through the process. If you're struggling with certain areas in your life, we want you to come to somebody in leadership so they can help you and pray with you and walk with you. But if you're not doing that, if you're hiding it and you're, you know, faking it, then things come out later and it's worse. It hurts you. It hurts others around you that love you very much. And there's another process that goes through that. Uh, that you have to go through for that, but God wants you to avoid all of that. God wants to change people from the root up, not from the fruit down. But yet he gives us a clue into people's heart. This is like a, a, a two-sided coin. It's like we, we can't fake the fruit, but it also it shows us who people truly are. Let people tell you who they truly are. They'll show you. Amen? You can know someone, the Bible says, we just read it, you can know someone more by their actions than their words. The thing about uh, the preachers that Jesus is talking about, the, the believers that Jesus is talking about here, is that they would preach a good game. They would preach really good, but they would live really bad. Amen? And Jesus doesn't want that for none of us. So that's why it's important to be sincere and honest and let him change us from the inside out. Amen? Oh, say, so their fruit tells me something about their roots. If someone's showing me something in their fruits, I have the privilege to talk privately with people about the fruits of, of, in their life, what behaviors and actions, and I have the privilege to go to the root of the cause and, and pray against that and, and, and deliver people from that place. Amen? You might be dealing with something in your life, and you might be struggling with a sin. And you think if you change a behavior, if you turn certain thing off, or if you don't go to a certain place, you think that that's fixing it, and that's not the root cause of the issue. That's the fruit. We need to go to the root of the issue. Amen? And that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying your action will speak about your roots. So when someone does something wrong to us, immediately we, we lash out at the person right? It's, it's human way of doing things. We, we're defensive. We want to protect. And so we lash out. But sometimes people do things to us because of their roots, not their fruits. Amen? All right. Are we learning? Amen? Why is Jesus talking like this? Again, because in his time, the, relig the religious leaders, he, he mentions it in different areas of the word, of, of you know, the gospels. He says, you know, you, he tells the Pharisees, you go into widows' homes with the excuse that you're going to pray for them, right? But you, we know what he's saying, amen? And they're, they're performing on the outside. You stand in the corners, he says, and you pray out loud so that everyone can hear you. See, these are the actions of the religious leaders, but God, Jesus, knows our roots. He knows our deepest thoughts and desires inside, and that's what he wants to deal with in us. 
So that's why he's doing it. It reminds me of the time we're living in now. That a lot of people profess to be followers of Jesus Christ with their mouths. But their hearts are far away from God sometimes. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. There's, there's, you know, the church has a lot to do with that because the church has hurt people, has put people down, has condemned people. So the church has a lot to do with that. But people today profess, many people profess to be Christians, but they, they haven't let God work in them inside, in their roots. Um, you know, I, it, this, is a, this is the job of the Holy Spirit. To do the work inside of us. It's not the job of, of, of uh, another human being. Uh, they can encourage you, pray for you, walk you through things. But the Holy Spirit wants to do a good work in us. Amen. So what is Jesus getting at? He's getting at the fact that we have a privilege. Uh, those of us that are here on earth, we have a privilege right now to represent him here on earth. To know our mission as disciples. Have we understood the mission that God has for us in our life? And that's what he's saying. Look, I don't want you guys to fake it. I don't want you guys to. He's talking to his disciples. I don't want you guys to be like this, these religious leaders. And to fake it. And act like you have it all together. I want you to be okay with, with you know. Being okay with, with saying, I don't trust God right now. Being okay with, I don't, I don't feel it right now. Being okay with that. That's okay. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay, but it's, it's better than faking it. Amen? See, Bible says be cold or hot, not warm. Warm is straight up faking it. That's what it is. Straight up faking it. Amen. So let me talk to you about the five realms. Say five realms. Five realms or five areas that we as the church and people just as humans can move in. Okay. The first one is the world. Before we come to Christ, we move and we think and we act and we talk. We move like the world moves. There's a different reality. What we see, what we hear, that's what we believe. That's the world. Amen. The next one is the church. Most Christians stay here. They, they go to church. They fellowship. They have community. They might serve at church. This is good. This is a good place to be. Uh, you know, uh, most Christians function out of this place. It's amazing. Church is awesome. We, we are part of the family in Christ. We belong. We feel connected. We should in, in the church. That's the next realm. Then the following realm is the supernatural. We're like, we, we go to church. We have connection. We have family. We have community. But we know deep inside that there's more. There's more that the Holy Spirit wants to do. So, so we go after the more. And to go after the more, you have to go uh, in a supernatural way. You have to think differently. You have to uh, have you know, uh, intimacy with God. You have to know God. He has to speak to you. He, he, he gives you word of knowledge. He gives you prophecy. He gives you faith to heal. He gives you tongues. He gives you interpretation of tongues. This is the next one. It's, it's supernatural, and we believe for more. Amen? We're not just at church. 
We're moving, we're growing now, and, and there's more. And then we go into the kingdom realm. We believe in transformation. We believe that God can transform families, communities, and nations. Amen? So we want to touch those around us, and, and we all of a sudden want to change the world. And then it's what, I, what I've entitled the new covenant. We learn about the ultimate transformation of identity and power in us. Uh, he has given us a new way to think and act and, and talk. And, and we sit in heavenly places. And we know the heart of the Father because of the new covenant. We learn about his will. You know, about, about Jesus being the, the center of it all. And, and that he wants us united with heaven again. And, and Jesus uniting us. That's the new covenant. We know that we're forgiven. We know that we can walk and we can access the throne of grace. And we know the Father's heart. No matter what happens in life, because of the new covenant, bad things can happen, good things can happen. We know that God is good because of his new covenant. And God, listen to this, God cannot function outside of his new covenant. It's his promise. When bad things happen to you, it doesn't mean that God stepped out of his covenant. He's still within his covenant to love you, to forgive you, and to save you. And you know his heart. He cannot cannot function outside of that covenant. It's his promise. Knowing God is eternal life and doing his will. This is a natural growth for that tree that we're talking about. Natural growth. You can't just go to church. There's more, y'all. There's more. God wants to use you. I had a very, very interesting week this week. On Wednesday, I had a very awesome day at work. But By the way, I love my new job, like my new position. Did I say that already? I think I did. But anyway, whatever. I'll say it again. I really do. I'm just enjoying myself. I'm, I feel like I'm serving God, you know. Like, I just love it. I love what God is doing in our team. I'm just... I'm applying for another job, too, by the way. Pray for me uh, for manager position, but we'll see. Pray for me, please. Uh, Thursday is my interview. Anyway, we'll see what the, amen. We'll see what the Lord says, but I'm just like, I love it. And, and on Wednesday, uh, I, I got a flat tire. It's my fault. It's my fault. But nonetheless, I got a flat tire right up the ramp, right? I'm going up the ramp. All right, I'm going home, and I just... And I'm like, I think that's my tire. That's great. I just put air in it. And um, anyway, I got home at 11.30 that night because every, there was an obstacle in, like, in every decision, right? All right, I'm going home, flat tire. Cool. But I, I'm up the ramp. You know how scary it is when your car breaks down and you're on the ramp? Because I don't know if you've noticed when we all enter the freeway, we go in there pretty fast. And the cars are behind me, and I'm just like, I'm going to die. Lord, please. So my dad, I call my dad, and my dad's like, just go up or reverse. I'm like, I can't reverse. I will die if I reverse. So I go up and, and, and on the flat, and, and I go right away to the shoulder. And then some 
Some guy comes with the truck and, like, you know, those city guys, and, and he's talking to me. What's going on? What are you going to do? You, got, you want me to call a tow truck? And I'm like, no, it's going to be $1,000. I'm okay. We'll wait. We'll see what happens. Anyway, so I have a good conversation with him, and it's awesome. So he leaves, and then I call my dad, and my dad, we're trying to figure it out. Then I call Izzy, and I'm like, Izzy, you have AAA plus, you know, you have 100 miles. Come and get your boy. All right. So he comes, and it happens that he doesn't have that, that he only has the basic, but he thought he had the plus, another obstacle. And I'm like, what are we going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep over, and I'm just going to go to work with the same clothes. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, so the tow truck guy comes, the guy that we called that originally we thought was going to take us all the way home, but he can't because he's like, you have the basic. Anyway, not that that's bad, but it's just what he had. Tow truck driver is like, hey, I could take you around my shop, and you know, you guys can figure it out there. At least you're off the freeway. Really nice guy. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, I'm gonna take the Izzy. We're gonna take the tire off. There's a, a a tire shop. We're in the valley in Encino. There's a tire shop in South Central LA. It's open till 10. We'll go there and get a tire. Come back, put the tire on, and go home. It shouldn't shouldn't be more than an hour. That was like around seven, and I got home at 11:30. Anyway. So the tow truck driver drops us off. I can't take the wheel off because about two months ago, someone broke into my car. <laughs> someone broke into my car, and I have a special key for my, for my lug nut on the tire, and they took it. And I'm like, oh, no, another obstacle. I can't take my tire off now. What am I going to do? The tow truck driver is like, oh, I have a Lexus, too. I'll, I'll bring my key and, and see if it fits. It does. He takes the tire off for us. We go to South Central. It takes us a million hours. I call the guy. I'm like, you guys take card. No, we only take cash. We got to go to the bank. Get to the bank, Bank of America. Putting my card in. Doesn't work. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's no banks around. There's a chase across the street. I'm like, I'm going to have to go to Chase and pay the extra stuff. So boom, get that. Another obstacle. Get to the tire shop. <sighs> Finally, we made it. At the tire shop, I'm going to fix my tire. I'm going to go home soon. I'm so hungry. I want some tacos. Guy can't find the tire. They don't have the tire my size. I just called 30 minutes ago. Do you have this tire? Yes, we have it. Guy can't find the tire. Brings another tire. No, this will be fine. Don't worry about it. Do I have a choice? No, I got to get this tire that doesn't fit my tire, my car, and I got to go. It doesn't fit. But we're talking to the guys. They were really cool. Finally, we get to the car, put the thing on. The tow truck driver was off at 10, and we got there at 10.40, and he waited for us. And he put the tire on for us. He had the key, because Izzy's like, maybe you just don't put a, one lug. And I'm like, no, we got to do it. So he waited for us. He's like off already, puts the tire on for us, and I drive home, and I get home. But don't worry, I got new tires now. Amen? Praise God. What's the point of that, besides it being a nice, fun story and good? I could have complained all the way through that. I could, have, I could have been angry, and I could have thought, which I have before, what did I do, Lord, to deserve this? Or I could have thought, man, I have bad luck. There was an obstacle at every turn of this journey. But you know what I missed that the next day I thought about? Well, the Holy Spirit must have reminded me. The next day I thought about all the people that I encountered 
that were so nice and a blessing to my life. And I thought, man, we don't value people the way that God does. And I'm not talking about family. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about the person that bags your groceries at, at the store. I'm talking about the people that help you at the restaurant. I'm talking about the people around you. We lose value for people. And I think it's because of this stuff. I think it's because, I think it's because we're so selfish sometimes and so worried about, thank you, and so worried about what we need. And Jesus is like, look, the fruits, the actions are to bless others. That's what I want for you. Amen? Amen? All right. So those are the five realms, the world, the church, supernatural, kingdom, and new covenant. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. Now, normally, the preacher would be done here with this passage, but I believe that Jesus said all of these things together because they go together. You ready? So chapter 7, verse 21. Are you there? Amen. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. God's laws. These are folks that are about the fruits first and no roots, only fruits. Amen? Again, roots are the actions, right? The behaviors. And we think if I behave well in, in like a Christianese kind of way, then that means I'm okay. And what this passage is saying, what Jesus is saying, he's continuing the message. He's saying, look, good trees produce good fruit, bad fruit produce, uh, excuse me, bad trees produce bad fruit. People will come to me because they did stuff, but it's not about the stuff that they did. Fruits are doing the Father's will from relationship, not from uh, I need to or from duty. It's not like that. Uh, you can go to church, do supernatural things, even see transformation, which all of these people saw. Yet, he doesn't know you. Or you don't know him. See, if they knew him, they would have not said, Lord, Lord, I did this and I did that. See, someone that knows God doesn't have to tell God how good they are and how good they've done. Someone that knows God just loves him and appreciates him because he's there in front of him. What are you going to do when you see Jesus face to face? You're going to, well, I'll tell you what I will do. When I see Jesus face to face one day, I'm going to run and hug him. I'm going to try to hug him if I can. I might fall over because of his presence. But I'm going to aim to hug my dad finally face to face. Can you imagine facing Jesus one day and you're like, Jesus, Lord, I did amazing things down there, didn't I? 
Dude, we had church. We had instruments. I preached. Had a nice black shirt on. Right? People were delivered, saved, baptized in the water and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I did well, right? Tell me. Tell me I did well, Lord. No. Someone that knows God doesn't need to do that. Right? Okay. So, not only does Jesus say, I never knew you, but he also says, you broke God's laws. Believe it or not, the law of God is actually the heart of God for humanity. He made the law to protect humanity. It's his righteousness, his goodness. Now, we can't, we can't fulfill the law, of course. We know that. Jesus fulfills the law for us. We put our faith in him. But God's law didn't go away. It was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. So we put our faith in him. Amen? So these guys, they're, they're into what they've done, how they've performed, how many people they've preached to. That's, that's these guys. And we can't be about that. We have to be about our roots and our fruits, our relationship with God. I want to tell you a story about Francis Chan. Francis Chan used to be a pastor in a big church. It was called Cornerstone. 5,000 people. And one day Francis Chan says, I'm done. I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And he leaves. That, that church, I think, if it's still around, I'm not sure if it is, it was, it's in Orange County somewhere. And so he leaves. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. So he leaves to San Francisco and he starts another ministry that's called We Are Church. It's a big movement of home churches. People get together in homes. Each home has a pastor. He leads that, that, that church. And so I was reading his story because he was, uh, he was at Facebook, you know, the actual not on Facebook, but the actual corporation Facebook. And he was talking about his experience and why he did this. And I want you to hear some, some of the stuff he said. He said, I freaked out during that time in my life, meaning when he was preaching to 5,000 people. The pride, going to a conference and seeing my face on a magazine and hearing whispers and walking in the room, I actually liked it. At one point... Francis Chan felt convicted and realized he became everything he didn't want to be. Everything you, God, said you hated. That's me right now, he realized. I got to get out, get out of here. I'm losing my soul. That's how he felt. I don't know his theology is correct, but that's how he felt in that moment. Wanting to hide from that weird celebrity thing, he also realized that he missed the old Francis Chan. That stupid kid who fell in love with Jesus in high school and started calling everyone in his yearbook that he knew to tell them about Jesus because he was so concerned about their eternal destiny. There's a story that he tells about a young man who came to church, got baptized. He came from the streets. He was, a gang, uh, he was in a gang in the streets, comes uh, from the streets, and he... Uh, he gets baptized, and he starts to come to church, and he realizes that that's kind of it. It's a big church, so he kind of gets lost in the bigness of the church. And he says that when he got jumped in the gang, they accepted him, and he was with them all the time. And he felt kind of covered. And when he was baptized, which he saw as like being jumped in the gang, he felt kind of like lost. 
When Francis Chan heard that, he said it made him sick. That makes me so sick that the gangs are a better picture of family than Church of Jesus Christ. I can't live with that. We're going to do something different. While Chances said he loves what he's doing now, he admitted that it wasn't easy and that it's his, uh, his former gig at the mega church was easier in some aspects. Some days I think it was a lot easier when I could just preach, go back home, drive off in my car, and leave all of them like I will today. He said, to, uh, he said in laughter among the Facebook employees. I don't have to care for your issues, he was telling them. I'll never see you again. And that's what he was dealing with as a pastor of 5,000 people. But when it's family, this reminded me of us a little bit, in a good way, okay? Ready? But when it's family, it gets messy, and you start finding out people's dirt. Just like you know about your brother and sister every Thanksgiving, it's messy because it's family. That's what Christ wanted, and so we fight for it, and it's been a blast. Amen? So when Jesus is saying, look, I don't want you to one day say, Lord, Lord, I did this, I did that, and I did this. That's, we, we've, we've lost it if we think that what we do, how we behave, and all of that is what he's actually looking at. He's looking at the roots. So it keeps going. You could, you could stop here, but Jesus keeps talking about this. So I just, I'm going to end um, with, with this notion here. Uh, verse 24 Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come, the winds beat against that house. It will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus ends where it actually starts, and that's the foundation. I don't know if you noticed, he started talking about fruits. Then he talked about relationship. Now he's talking about foundation. Let me say that again. He was talking about fruits. Then he talked about knowing him, relationship. Now he's talking about foundation. This whole picture is a picture of a tree. And he, start, he ends where it actually starts, which is foundation and being rooted in him on the rock. The whole tree is here. We need to be founded in Jesus. We need to know him. And then we will produce fruits. Amen? The difference here that Jesus is talking about is obedience. That's the difference there. Roots will take hold, will get deeper, will get stronger when we obey him. When he says, do this and do that, and we actually obey him, our roots grow. Our roots don't grow because we hear a message. Our roots grow when we hear the message and we obey him. That's when it grows. Because it takes faith to obey because it takes trust to obey Jesus. Roots will not, will not grow in disobedience. They will not grow. You will stay stuck in the same if you disobey God. One good sign that you're growing in God is that you're obeying him. 
Amen? That's what he says. The wise obey. They hear and obey, he says. The foolish disobey and don't follow. The wise follow me and obey. They listen to what I say and they do it. That's when roots actually grow. So that when the storm comes, you've already been practicing trusting him. And nothing can yank you away from that rock. Amen? Why do people give up, leave, and retreat? Their roots are not deep. Every time God tells them to do something, they don't obey. So when the issues of life come, they question him and are washed away by the problems of life. I can't deepen your roots for you. You have to obey Jesus Christ. A wise person obeys and follows Jesus. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. God wants us to deepen our roots to have relationship with him and know him, know who he is, and, and most importantly, that he would know us. You know, a lot of times we say, well, God knows us, right? He knows what, he knows what we need and, and what we want and everything. He does. He does know that. But he wants to get to know us in relationship. Amen? Me and my wife have to continue to get to know each other for life, Leslie, forever. JJ and Belinda, for life, have to get to know each other. With God, for eternity, not for life, because after, after life, we had a good time, I love you, but you know, for eternity with Jesus. So we go from roots, relationship, fruits. Now, I don't know why Jesus started at the fruits, but he did. Because back then, the fakers were all about the fruits. Look what I can do. Look, look at me. I do things. I, I, I speak well. I read well. I, I know the Torah, the law. I know how to interpret it. So Jesus starts with the fruits. Look, the actions. <laughs> but no one can change a bad tree to a good tree. Besides Jesus. So I wanted to read uh, to you this whole thing that we just read in the message version. And then I, I just want us to read it together. I, I think it'll be up here. And we'll close with this because it's just the way that the message version puts it. Uh, and then thank you, David, for, for passing that out. And actually, he translated it as well. Um, so we're going to read Matthew 7. And verse 15, in the message version, just to close, because it'll give us like a, a better picture of what, what Jesus is trying to say. Are you with me? Amen? It says, be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they are out to rip you off some way or other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. 
Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. Doing what my father wills, I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me saying, Master, we preach the message. We bash the demons. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I am going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down. The river flooded. A tornado hit. But nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Let's read the next one. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Let's obey God. Let's let our roots deepen in him. Let's get to know him. Let's have relationship with him. And let's see the fruits being produced through us. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.